Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, it is Share the Show Tuesday, just in time for the landscapers to come and completely blast our ambient sound. We're stuck in a, in a, I feel like there are leaf blowers. I mean, it's like they have chainsaws out there. Anyway, hopefully it doesn't screw up our sound too much. Yeah, and the landscapers outside of where I am, they actually wait until we start the show. They know somehow, and like then Edmund. they crank everything up and get right yeah. next to the window. Like the opposite of what Edmund does, which is to wait till we're Yes, Edmund the politely show. waits <laughs> until the show is done. <laughs> they're watching in the window. They're like, okay, I think I think they, he just pressed, pressed record. Yeah. So, well, maybe that's a little bit of a casual start for Share the Show Tuesday. We do hope that you will share the show. Actually, we had question, a question from a premium subscriber saying, I can't really share the show because my version of it is behind a paywall. So we don't want you to have to go out of your way and find the free version. But if you could, we'll put the free link. If you could, Binkley, put the free link in the show notes, just so if people have that at their fingertips, they can share that. But you could also just share thepropreport.com. That's not too hard to remember, not too hard to type in thepropreport.com. We have a continuous player there of the free show. So Yeah. I always put the in. link to the show notes in the show notes and there's a link to the free 30 in that. Okay, great. But if the, but if you do just don't want to mess around with that, just type in thepropreport.com and it'll link to our website and it would be great if you shared and we really appreciate that. I kind of, we put a lot of effort into this and we, we feel like the only way to leverage it is to get more people to listen to it. We can't work harder. We try to do the best we can. So, and the point is that we, for people, people do have to keep up with the news. They have to deal with their families. They have to know what's going on, be able to answer their kids. And it's very aggravating because there is absolutely nothing in the mainstream media that doesn't spin or press their agenda or just try to manipulate your mind. And so we have made a a lifetime's work out of of pulling back the curtains and seeing what those stories are really all about, because those are the important stories. It's just that they're not telling you why they're important. And there really is no other way to get information than from the mainstream media. But if you're not used to figuring out uh, which way is up on that, you can spend a lot of time trying to figure out a story that for us, it tends to be pretty obvious what they're after because we've just been following a lot of these stories for so long. Yes. And we are a two-person operation. Most daily shows are a massive operation with lots of people, lots of production money. We have neither. So oh, yeah, share sure. the show. <laughs> and subscribe and <laughs> please become a supporting member of our crew. We actually try to make sure that what we offer for subscribers is worth it on its face. What you pay is more than a value for or what you get is more than a value for what you pay. But it is also nice to support the free listeners. If you are a longtime listener, give us a try. Subscribe for a little while and uh, enjoy the benefits. And then if you if that's all you can afford, that's totally fine. So also, I, I've gotten so many people recently have told me that from Washington to California to Denver, that us reading the meetups 
for we do it for higher side chats every week and i'm going to do a couple of no agenda this week that it's been so helpful to them to meet like-minded people so you can go to higher slash events and in the meanwhile share this show with anyone you know in kentucky indiana or tennessee i'm going to tell you what's what at the end of the show of how those people can connect with real live free thinkers in their communities so with all of that I also want to tell you that Binkley's doing a Locals live stream at 7.30 Eastern on Wednesday and that we are doing a Rockfin deep dive live, our first ever at 6 p.m. Pacific on Thursday. So that's uh, hopefully you'll be there. It's super fun and we can interact with you. That's that. Let's go. Okay. First story of the day. The mask mandates are being scaled back nationwide. Connecticut, New Jersey. Delaware, Oregon, they'll all be ending theirs within weeks in their public schools. California is lifting its statewide indoor mask mandate for vaccinated people next week, which is really ridiculous to even say that out loud because it's been two years that that has been in place. And other states are expected to make similar announcements soon. Why are they doing this? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to say that they're doing it because of the declining number of cases combined with the higher vaccine rates. Is that true? I would say there are a couple of other reasons that might be factoring into why they're doing this. More and more people on both sides of the aisle are fed up with the mandates and the other restrictions as well. And the 2022 election, the election cycle is coming up. I think they've read the tea leaves on that. I think they want to remove the mask mandate and the other mandates from the table for a mobilizing point for the Republicans, because I think they'll get slaughtered otherwise because they are going to jump all over this. The Rockfin video that we are going to be doing tomorrow night some of the stuff in it, these people from the CSIS, the Center for Strategic International Studies, talk about how the people are mad about it. The mandates are actually ticking people off. And even people who are complying with the mandates are doing so, but they hate doing it and they're not going to vote for for Democrats. So I think that's why they're doing this. That's why they're scaling this back. And good. That's yeah, that's an, a good insight. And I did notice that this kind of thing was happening in UK already in the UK. And then this morning, I think my husband said Novavax was approved in the UK. Now, Novavax is the protein subunit conventional vaccine that doesn't have this gene therapy attributes to it. It's not RNA based. It's not DNA based. It's not viral vector. It's none of that. And my contention has been that when they bring Novavax to the West, they have closed the uh, recruitment for the experiment. So they have their control group, they have their mRNA people, they have their DNA people. And once they cannot sign anybody else up to be part of the vaccine experiment, they can allow the Novavax thing, which then will get you to probably almost 100% vaccination rates, which they will then tout as a massive success. Absolutely. They will tout it as a success and they will continue to push the vaccine because the vaccine will be part of We're releasing these mandates because people are taking the vaccine. And they can say that it's it's not really experimental because it is something that they already use in other – I think it's in the hepatitis one. I think it's the same kind of where they use a plant toxin to stimulate your – immune system as an adjuvant. By the way, I think you said Rockfin was tomorrow, but we're doing the Rockfin deep dive Thursday at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern live. That's going to be fun at rockman.com slash propaganda report. That's right. You could even leave us tips on that. And the second reason, yes, you can, which you touched on a little bit there, 
that I believe they're doing this is the behavioral data on how many people and which demographics of people will continue wearing masks despite the mandates being removed. They'll be able to collect that data to see how sticky those policies were even after the policies are pulled. And didn't they just figure out how to do facial recognition through the mask? They did. They can now do it by checking your eyes. I'm sure there's other ways they can do it as well. But the social experiment never ends. They are always gathering behavioral data. And on that same note, the Biden administration, and this should be a story that really makes a lot of people angry if they really absorb it. They are attempting to recalculate the COVID-19 hospitalizations with the goal of getting a more accurate sense of the COVID-19 impact across the country. Sounds like something they should have maybe done at the beginning of the pandemic, get a handle on accurate data, but now they're doing it after they've transformed society. They're putting a task force together comprised of scientists, data specialists, at the Department of Health and Human Services and the CDC. And this task force is going to be working with hospitals nationwide to improve COVID-19 reporting. They are asking hospitals to report the number of patients who go to the hospital because they have COVID and to separate those from individuals who go in for other reasons and end up testing positive after being admitted because they were clumping all those together to give them this massive number. Now, a senior Biden official, unnamed, of course, said that the goal is to get this more accurate sense of COVID impact across the country and to discover whether or not the virus is causing severe disease. And then the Politico. Yeah, I know. That's what they said. This is in Politico. The Politico article goes on to say that the lower hospitalization rates could inform the administration's thinking on public health measures such as masking. This, again, goes to the election cycle. They can say, look, the data says it. We're going to pull the mask, celebrate. We win. The Republicans can't use this as a talking point. This is what people said all along. They were just conflating all this data together that you need to separate those out. And you're called crazy. Dr. Fauci gets on there and says, no, you can't do that. And you could even be kicked off social media platforms for spreading disinformation, for saying the type of stuff that they're saying right now. But they did this not only during the polio, but they did this during the 2019 bird flu or H1N1. I don't remember exactly what it was, but this is something they do every time they have an epidemic or a pandemic. They get these fear squads together. Dr. Drew, who worked in Fauci's AIDS fear squad, they called it an AIDS fear squad where they would try and scare the heck out of people into complying. And then they later go back and they get the real data, probably for their own purposes as well. And it turns out it's never as big or exaggerated as they claimed it was at the time. So just as this is starting to seems like it's starting to wane and I see that there's like tons of chemtrails over my house. The Super Bowl is going to be in LA this weekend. And they just announced on Fox headlines, it wasn't even a local story, that there's a heat wave, a heat advisory in effect for LA. It could be a deadly heat with temperatures over 90 degrees, especially deadly for people who aren't acclimated to warmer weather. This is all in time for the Super Bowl. So what they're doing is they're emphasizing, they're taking that extreme media moment to emphasize climate change and all that. And I look at, I see what they did, of course, with the COVID stuff, with the lockdowns, with all that. And it made me feel like for a while there that the chemtrails weren't, shouldn't, weren't the most aggravating thing in my life about why are they ruining our world? And then the COVID thing was like, wow, I thought the chemtrails were bad. This is worse. But I realize now that that I this was the pandemic is definitely second fiddle to their literally 
manipulating the entire earth and the weather systems and everything like that is worse than even just spraying the bioweapon. It's not worse than genetically altering human beings, in my opinion, but it's very upsetting. And I feel like this was just a transition period to the totalitarianism that they're going to base on on the on the climate change myth. Well, that is climate change, but they're imposing it. So I'm. I'm afraid that this thing is just as so many people have predicted, this thing is waning just in time for the climate thing to really yeah. take They've over. Transform society. Now they're saying we're going to go back and count the cases now accurately. Right. Uh, okay. So, oh, did you hear this just to, since we're on the topic that Neil Young posted a letter on his website saying, it said to the musicians and creators in this world, I would say this, you must be able to find a better place than Spotify to be the home of your art. To the workers at Spotify, I say Daniel Eck, who's one of the founders of Spotify, is your problem, not Joe Rogan. Eck pulls the strings. Get out of the place before it eats up your soul. The goals stated by Eck are about numbers, not art, not creativity. Okay, so I would just like to say, I would just like to ask uh, Mr. Young, if his deal with hypnosis, which monetizes royalty streams, or their deal with Blackstone, the largest alternative financial investment firm in the world, is not about numbers? Is that what he wants to tell me? That he did not do that deal based on numbers? Do they, they not, they are, their pitch is about numbers. Yeah. They say that it's something else, but it's about the numbers. And then Donald did he sign Trump's, off by saying "Build Back Better" on that letter? He might as well have. And then Trump had some advice for Joe Rogan. Donald Trump has added his voice to the supporting podcaster Joe Rogan, and he said in a statement released Monday, he called Rogan an interesting and popular guy who needs to stop apologizing to the fake news and radical left maniacs and lunatics. Trump said, how many ways can you say you're sorry? Joe, just go about what you do so well and don't let them make you look weak and frightened. That's not you and it never will be. And then there was a lot of airtime today. I was surprised because I thought it was just, uh, just a throwaway story about Rumble making that offer to Joe Rogan, $100 million for four years for, the, for Rogan to go over to Rumble from Spotify. I heard a lot of people saying the he shouldn't have apologized thing, too, which was interesting. Not that I disagree with that. If, if you apologize, they never forgive you. But I did find it interesting that there was a number of people on the right that were all. I thought you that even mentioned thing. that. That Oh, I you said have. that he didn't apologize. No, I said that he he didn't apologize for the first thing, the bringing guests on who had alternative opinions. He did apologize for saying the N-word. I can't remember his exact words, but he basically apologized in a video. And so that is what people are responding to now. And Jennifer, a patron saint of ours, wrote me a note saying that that a Democratic PAC, like Political Action Committee, who has been after Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports, made that that Rogan montage, went through and found all that stuff. That's that company so, I mentioned yesterday. I saw oh, Portnoy. Did you? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I did that story oh, on that company that was like Dark Money. Their website, you can't find a name on it. They're connected. I think it's Mediaite. Oh, did you or say? Like that. Portnoy? I missed that. I didn't say Portnoy yesterday. Okay. I didn't see that until after. Right. So that's why she was, I was surprised she was telling me that if you already said it. 
And um, she also wanted us to know that the trucker convoy is apparently slated for March 1st, but their Facebook page already got taken down. So you're going to have to try to catch up with that. There is a um, a little article about it that I'll put in the show notes. I don't know if it's going to give you that information. Well, crypto is obviously a hot subject right now because it's up and down. Right. Up and it's very volatile. And this Super Bowl you told us about? Super Bowl. They're going to have the ads. It's going to be a big crypto bowl when it comes to advertising. And it's like gambling. It's like gambling right from the comfort of your own home. Well, Ted Cruz... On January 25th, this is according to a a Senate financial disclosure, he bought between $15,001 and $50,000 worth of Bitcoin. Again, that was on January 25th. At the time of the purchase, Bitcoin was worth just under 37 k down from that all-time high of 69 k So while he did buy the dip, he didn't get the 33, 32, I can't remember exactly how, how low it went, but he did all right. He got in at, at a good time. I'm sure he was already in, but he's one of several U.S. lawmakers who are bullish on Bitcoin for the long term. And back in November, he proposed allowing crypto payments at gift shops and vending machines in the, at the U.S. Capitol Complex in D.C. In August, he spoke out against what he called harmful regulations on the cryptocurrency industry and the infrastructure bill. And... Cruz also isn't the only senator who's buying crypto. Senator Cynthia Luminous bought between 50000 and 100K. Pennsylvania Senator Pat Toomey has also bought crypto. So it seems to me that Ted Cruz and others are making it known that they are pro-crypto politicians because they know there's a large base of people that can be mobilized around that issue, and they want to be seen as someone who aligns with that base so that they can capitalize on it. So crypto has definitely arrived as an election cycle political issue, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, and all the others are affected by the 2022 election cycle and how the regulation develops as crypto becomes more mainstreamed. And of course, it's always interesting to see what the people on Capitol Hill are investing their money in. Okay, so another big issue that continues to be on the horizon, and I'm getting a lot of feedback. People are saying Ukraine's really important. It's the breadbasket of Europe. It's always been really contentious as a piece of land on the on the world island, all of that. And I just still think that it's mostly about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline at this time. And today... This is landscape is driving me crazy. But anyway, so Biden actually said that it was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal today. What was the headline? The headline was U.S. vows to halt pipeline if Russia invades. German chancellor doesn't explicitly confirm projects and if Putin moves on Ukraine. But Biden did. Biden said if Russia invades... That means tanks and troops crossing the border of Ukraine again. Then there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We will put an end to it. I promise you, we will be able to do it. And then a senior administration uh, official, I think, took it one step further and said, we have made our position very clear, which is that if Russia invades Ukraine in one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. So that was big news today. But what I thought was a really weird story, kind of gross, on CNN was they they identified something that Putin said. It was super creepy. CNN says 
As for the Minsk agreements, this is a quote they're saying from Putin. He says, as for the Minsk agreements, are they alive and do they have any prospects or not? I believe that there is simply no alternative. I repeat once again, in Kiev, they either say that they will comply or they say that this will destroy their country. The incumbent president recently stated that he does not like a single point of these Minsk agreements. Like it or not, it's your duty, my beauty. They must be fulfilled. It won't work otherwise. So Putin said to, uh, what the, what's his name again? Um, the Ukrainian president, it's your duty, my beauty. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I didn't even get it. And then CNN's like, oh, it's like what you would say if you were going to rape your wife or something. I doubt that that is what <laughs> it was. Right? But RT had an answer to it. And it says in Kiev, they, they this is there because I was like, does it rhyme in Russian? Like that was an English translation. Like, did he really say that? Like it also like. Like, is it a saying? I, it was just a weird thing. That's why I pursued it. And RT says that the quote is, in Kiev, first they say they will comply. Then they say it will destroy their country. And the president said recently there's not one item in the agreement that he likes. Like it or not, my beauty, bear with it. They must be fulfilled. It won't work any other way. So it was almost the same quote, except for it was bear with it and not it's your duty. Then they went on to say that there was it, always saying, I guess the the second half is like a fairy tale thing. So it says it's a common phrase, often used in routine family life or at school. It says uh, it's not a reference to rape. It's a common idiom that means you have to do something even if you don't like it. Parents would say it to children who wouldn't eat, but. There was a like shock rock band that they're calling it, Krasnia Plesson, which which had a line in it: "The beauty sleeps in her coffin." I snuck in to f her, like it or not, my beauty sleep. And people are saying that that was the reference that Putin was making. His spokespeople say he has no idea who that band is. <laughs> that he yeah. did not. Mean it as a reference to a punk lyric, but the fairy tale. There's just no chance that they're going to give the type of coverage on this that you gave and tell that there is actually a saying about it. <laughs> I will say that it's your duty, my beauty. sounds like something that Brian Stelter would say to a child that he's got cornered. It is definitely something a rapist might say. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is common. And of course, it's CNN who would think that. Of course. Well, they don't think that. They 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 think like yes. that themselves, but they're projecting that yes. onto others. Yes, I understand. So anyway, um, that was a little stilted because the landscaper literally was the loudest ever. So we are probably not going to have that problem in the deepest dive of the day. Which, by the way, I am going to try to answer the question, what's the deal with Peter Thiel? <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to ask you what we're going to talk about. And I want to tell you what we're going to talk about <laughs> in the XR. And Binkley is going to address what's the first question society asks when a new technology is introduced. Well, I hope it's not something a rapist might say. Anyway, uh, we are also going to check out the latest development in the Pegasus plot. The plot thickens. But before we get to any of that, 
Let's hear this word from our the sponsor of today's show. We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show, and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI, and some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife, Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of this serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature, yet because of MRIs, it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies. The long-term effect of using this heavy metal in the millions of MRIs that are done every year are not yet known. Molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all. Knowledge is power. So learn more about gadolinium in MRIs at Molly's website, www.mridie.com. That's www.mridie.com. So we appreciate that Molly does that out of the goodness of her heart. And actually, it changed the way we approach MRIs. We don't let them use the dye in my family. And they do it without the dye. They complain about it, but they do it. And it's fine. So uh, that's our experience anyway. So thank you, Molly. And I just want to let you know that you can probably support her work. And in any case, she's gratified just if you avail yourself of her research And we love it when you support our work. So we love it if you support our work just because you want to get the word out. You want to do a service and get the free show out. But there's also a lot to offer if you want more content or different types of content. So we have the DNBXR. We have interviews and extended release interviews. We have patron-only Q&As. We have disappearing patron parties. And we have patron saint Zoom parties. There's one coming up on February 19th. I think it's going to be my favorite so far. I myself am going to take a lead role in sharing with you what it took to get through these lockdowns with teens in LA by talking about our kind of emotional wellness hacks and how we could have made this could have been the worst times of our lives. And it actually was a really great time uh, for us as far as closeness and personal growth. And I want to share that with you. We're going to have people talking about mental health issues and even spiritual wellness, just people who are part of our community, the nothing formal at all. You can join in, you can be part of the excerpts, or you can just be in the private section. And if you want to join for anything, for one disappearing patron party, one Zoom party, or for everything, I even have special tiers set up for if you're a Rockfin subscriber or a Rockfin and a local subscriber. We're not looking for different revenue streams. We actually wish everything was in one place, but it's not. So check out our tiers at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And if you want to engage in our next big event, that's the Zoom party, then be a patron saint for however long you want. And you can basically get Rockfin free if you do the patron saints rock tier. You've got to email me for me to open that up, the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully it's this is all stuff that's interesting to you. And if not, you know what? Just enjoy the free show. And someday if you can 
float us a donation. That's great. And if not, just write us a nice review on iTunes or some on wherever you listen to this, and that will help us get the word out as well. So thank you very much to all of our supporters. And now, now on to the deepest dive of the day. So, bro, Peter Thiel, you, who, do you have any idea who that is? Not He's trying to put you the on the spot. Founders right? of LinkedIn, right? PayPal. PayPal. Yeah, but he's also the, uh, supposedly a big libertarian. And um, okay, so he's supposedly a big libertarian and a Ron Paul supporter. But in my opinion, that falls apart like in a million different ways. First of all, he's, uh, I think, like a member of Bilderberg. He goes to the Bilderberg thing. I think he's like a card carrying member of Bilderberg which is one of the key meeting places of the conspirators. He established the Stanford Review with money from Irving Kristol, who literally wrote Neoconservatism, the autobiography of an idea that's about as far as away from libertarian, real libertarian as you can get. He was the one who bankrolled Hulk Hogan's lawsuit against Gawker, which bankrupted Gawker. And actually, I had a listener at the time, Truth Dar Boy, who emailed me and said, this is bad. This is going to bring down free. This is the beginning of the end for the free press. It was interesting. And it, and it did bring Gawker down. Now, he said it's because they added him for being gay or that's what people say. I don't think so. I think it's because he's a massive deep state insider. So he's also was a Trump advisor for the entire time. He, there was a newspaper article today about him leaving the board of Facebook to help Republicans win Senate seats and specifically two Republicans who are literally um, he's closely related to one guy. His name is Vance. He's trying to get him to be uh, the Senate, uh, uh, the Senate candidate from Ohio. And there's another guy, Blake Masters, who he's trying to get to be the Senate from Arizona. That guy is the COO of Teal Capital and the president of the Teal Foundation. Vance is a co-investor in some Teal ventures. But I just thought it was really interesting. Like his backstory is is just... I don't, I'm not buying that this guy is organic. And I'll tell you, he made his money in a couple of ways that really smack of um, backdoor payola type stuff. So first of all, he was a co-founder of PayPal, which merged with Elon Musk's company, by the way. That's how they, and also Peter Thiel has a South Africa, a history of living in Ohio, South Africa. He's from Germany, lived in California. And Elon Musk is from South Africa. And South Africa had some weird deep state stuff going on. If you read about the assassination of Olaf Palm in Sweden, it points heavily in the direction of South Africa. So I don't know what the hell was going on there back in the day, but he was the first outside investor in Facebook. So he invested $500,000 in Facebook, which turned into, I think, a billion dollars for him. Similarly with Palantir, I had read that he he invested $4 million in Palantir, and that was an outright CIA um, uh projects. Facebook was too, but Palantir, it's literally in Wikipedia that it had CIA money. And he ended up making hundreds of millions of dollars from that too. So, and I saw that as soon as he was invested in Palantir, I was like, oh, that's how they get him more money. They're just trying to like shore up his coffers as a billionaire and they can't just write him a check 
He can't, you can't, you can, you can buy a million copies of Obama's book and get him what he needs. But to make a tech billionaire, you've got to, you got to give the guy some stock. And that's how I think they did it. But he's just done some, his story is so weird. He, he also was like a clerk at, uh, in the U.S. Court of Appeals. He worked for Sullivan Cromwell, which is a really, really deep state firm. I mean, that's that he was a speechwriter for U.S. Secretary of Education Bill Bennett. Like, this does not seem like a tech guy. It seems like the, you know, like the Twitter guy was a model. Zuckerberg was a classics major. I mean, these seem like the the attributes of spies and actors. So, and that's what I think these guys mostly are. He was also, he went to Stanford Law School. He was also heavily influenced by Rene Girard and his mimetic theory, not mimetic, M-E-M, mimetic, M-I-M. So like copying, like the value of copying, of mimicry. I believe, I could be wrong about that. That's uh, just what I, I think I remember. Anyway, so the... He also founded the Founders Fund, which is a bunch of like super big deal, big tech guys. And what they invest in is uh, aerospace, artificial intelligence, advanced computing, energy, health, consumer goods, the Internet, a portfolio. His portfolio, this is important in a second. His portfolio includes Airbnb, Lyft, Stripe, which is like a PayPal competitor. Oscar Health, which I don't know, and Spotify. So he's an investor in Spotify. Keep that in your brain. He is also, uh, his this Founders Fund was the first institutional investor in SpaceX and Palantir and was one of the earliest investors in Facebook. Okay, the partners are Peter Thiel and a bunch of other guys I never heard of. And so I'm reading this. I'm reading all this stuff and... I get to the last line of the last article I was reading about him, which was the original article that caught my eye, Wall Street Journal. (laughs) This is the last line. Most recently, Mr. Teal invested in the video platform Rumble, which is positioning itself as a right-leaning alternative within the social media ecosystem. So he is an investor in Spotify that has the Neil Young, Joe Rogan dispute. And he's also an investor in Rumble, which is offering the answer to the Spotify Joe Rogan dispute. Seems to me that that just shows you how important the dichotomy is to this system. I mean, I guess the war model isn't completely abandoned because this is the war model and he's on both sides of it, just like the bankers are. Uh, Also, Vance... The Ohio senatorial candidate that he's supporting is a co-investor in Rumble, but not that that matters. Yeah. Did you say that he stepped down from Meta? He's stepping down from Meta in order to support Vance and Blake Masters and make his entire thing like promoting these guys. But these guys are his actual guys. I mean, he might as well be running for Senate. But he's not. He's just putting them up. But he's he, it's a full-time job to be a puppet master. He also was accused a few years back of donating a startup that was selling ambrosia, the blood of the young, to help people stay younger. Although, Adrenochrome? Ambrosia is the nectar of the gods, isn't it? 
Let's call it ambrosia is what the company is called. It's called ambrosia? Yes, which it takes donated teen blood and pumps it into anyone age 35 or older for $8,000 a pop. That's what the startup was. And it was something that that Teal was linked to, although his spokespeople denied it. But he has pursued... So he has pursued technology that would defeat death. He was quoted in 2012 as saying, "Death is a problem that can be solved." Ha! Huh, funny. Well, that rem- that makes me think that he was the inspiration for the character in Silicon Valley, who used to get little hits of blood from some newbie <laughs> Heather guy. That's probably what that's based on. Because I think yeah, it was like yeah, they they took everybody from from like the real pages. So. That is the Peter Thiel thing. I every time I read about him, it's like freakier and freakier. Yes. So let me tell you, this is a little bit of a wrap. Let me tell you where and when you can go to meet like-minded people. So over the next week, I usually just do it for the week to come. February eleventh. There is a Higher Side Chats meetup in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find the details of that at HigherSideMeetups.com slash events. And then, because there weren't a lot of them, I thought I'd fold in a couple of the No Agenda meetups. So the only No Agenda meetups I saw for the next week are Indianapolis, Indiana on February 12th and on Valentine's Day in Madison, Tennessee. So you can just go to the No Agenda Meetups page to find that stuff. And I think it's really cool that we have so far, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, we've, that there's somebody every week who's benefited from that, these shout outs. So spread the word, share the show and talk to you in the XR. Fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to propreport.locals.com, patreon.com slash propaganda report, and rockfin.com slash propaganda report, and check us out there. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.